Hello, welcome to the Car Stories Podcast, brought to you by the Peterson Automotive Museum. My name is Kyle Hyatt. With me, once again, back from the wilds, the, the deep, deepest, darkest heart of Hollywood, Florida. Florida. I was going to say Hollywood. Wow, Hollywood, Florida. Yeah, there is a Hollywood, well. Florida. Yeah, it's not a... Sorry, Hollywood, Florida, but that's a garbage place. Well, I thought it was just warm and damp. Yeah, it is those things. But it's James McKeon here. There he is. Everybody's <laughs> so happy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're psyched, though, because we have a really exciting guest. We do. We do. Um, our new best friend in the whole world ever, well, James's new best friend, because they're, <laughs> they're, now they're like bosom buddies, yeah. uh, Brian Scotto, made, was kind enough to make the introduction to uh, an incredible racing talent. Yes, a very quick lady indeed. Indeed. Sarah Price. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited. Yeah, we're we're excited too. Thank you for driving from um, Egypt, basically outer Mongolia, <laughs> something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, and taking 14 days to get here. Oh yeah. yes. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming. And 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 we're like I said, we're super excited to have you. Um. Just to get right into it, because we're nothing if not efficient here at, at the Car Stories Podcast. That's what we are. We get straight to the point. Yeah. How did you get into racing? Because you've You've gone from two wheels to four wheels to dirt to what now street to you're all over the place. Oh, yeah. It's a uh, it's it's a lot. I've been kind of all over the map since I was eight years old. So that's too young. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're going to have to go <laughs> at eight years old. My parents actually bought me my first ever motorcycle. So I started a motocross ever since that day. I won my first ever race. So the adrenaline bug was just hooked. Yep. And, that would um, do it, I think. Yeah, I, I needed the speed in my life, and uh, if I didn't have it, I was just a little wild kid, so my parents didn't know anything else but to put me on something with a motor so they could wear me out a little bit. And not hear you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not hear me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I had a tremendous uh, career in motocross, and it transferred into off-road about five years ago. Okay. Um, And then now it's been street the last year about. Uh, not even that since the Hoonigan won a competition, honestly. Wow. Okay. Okay. So I, I guess it's interesting. So did you grow up in California then? I did. I grew up in uh, Riverside, California. Okay. Okay. So that makes sense. Like that, that seems like such, uh, I don't know, growing up outside of California, like the idea that your parents would like give you buy, a motorcycle, buy you a dirt bike or like, <laughs> oh yeah, I had a quad when I was 10. And I'm like, what is going on? Like I had Legos. Like we, we weren't allowed to go outside because <laughs> I, but like it's such a California thing. It's so interesting to me that there's all these people that that started so young, and it's just, and it just blows my mind. I'm actually like considered old at starting a motocross. So really? like, yeah, you're supposed to start when you're four or five or six, like kind of to get your wits about you in motocross. Because your career is almost over by the time you're twenty. Wow. Well, yeah, that, short-lived. I say that kind of makes sense. It's not the <laughs> safest profession in the world. Yeah, there you, are if you bump some bruises along the way, I guess. Oh as yeah, well. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, what prompted the switch from motocross into off-road stuff? Then was it just a, a matter of like, well, if I keep doing this, like, you know, it's going to run out sooner or later. Or I'm going to get hurt, or oh no, you get hurt. Yeah. Oh, I've been hurt plenty of times. It's not if, it's when. Sure. I okay. like to say. So, actually, um, my parents, my dad. He was an off-road racer, so he oh, okay. always did Baja in the Class 10 class, and he had many championships in it. So it's kind of funny how me and my brother ended up on dirt bikes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a great career through nationals, going to X Games. Um, X yeah, I was Games. Say you medaled at X Games, right? Yeah, right and uh, it was it was a great run. I, you know, since I was eight years old, that was my dream. Like mm-hmm. I turned 16, turned pro right away. I didn't go to school. I had a teacher travel with me on the road. It was a full commitment, 24-7. Yeah. Like, I was barely home. 
And X Games had Women Super X, mm-hmm. which was amazing for us at the time because, you know, that brought in a lot of sponsorship. Sure, and, yeah, sure, and everything helps. Yeah, and uh, so they took out Women Super X, and then that kind of left us like, okay, well, the economy collapsed. And I was like, all right, is the benefit for money to getting hurt ratio working out? And yeah. it wasn't so sure. much. So I ended up getting in a side-by-side, a UTV vehicle, and... Ended up doing really well driving. So it just kind of escalated from there and hmm. ended up in a stadium super truck next after a few championships in the UTV and then in a trophy truck now and now nice. with Hoonigan. Yeah. So you're not doing too bad. No, it, no. it turned out, it turned out good. I watched some of the videos of UTV racing because they look so inherently unstable. They're so goofy looking because they're really tall and then not that wide. And you know, you're just caning it for all it's worth. It like, what was that? I mean, was that a pretty tough transition from like uh, a two wheels to that or? Uh, you know, honestly, having a motocross background, it's such a great foundation for anything racing related because you work so hard at it. You're trained daily. You know the fundamentals of a machine and what suspension does, like coming into a corner, keeping it balanced, keeping mm-hmm. it so it's not compressing and all these things. Um, but yeah, the UCVs, are, they're kind of funny. Like we go out just to Pismo, for example, we had some friends with some trucks and they're fully suspensioned out and all this stuff. And they can hit a jump that has a little bit of a kicker on one side yeah. and be fine. But then you hit it in a UTV and it just flicks you sideways and just rolling <laughs> off of it. So, you know, it is a little bit different. You have yeah. to be more precise in a UTV and you can get yourself in trouble pretty fast. Yeah. So. Well, sure. That seems like the natural evolution of people doing stupid stuff in golf carts. And I appreciate that. <laughs> I fully support that as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So the, 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 the Hoonigan competition that that was a pretty interesting deal i mean as we talked with with scotto hoonigan's this huge kind of i think we use the term force of nature mm-hmm. um with like you know young people especially trying to you know get everybody psyched about cars and, and doing things what about that competition with that organization got you super excited excited enough to actually like throw your hat in the ring because it was a pretty pretty i mean there's some pretty serious contenders it was an intense competition it was an intense competition and uh, out of a couple hundred females that applied it was lucky enough to even be chosen for a finalist and that was incredible itself but hoonigan honestly it is the top lifestyle brand out there right now and you go down the freeway you see hoonigan everywhere like mm-hmm. i had yeah. so many friends with hoonigan on their cars and you know everyone just wants to be a part of it and it's just so cool that they built that 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 brand that everyone wants to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not really even a company, I would say. It's a family. It's a it's something you've embedded yourself kind of in and sure. supported. So something like that is what it's all about. You know, I've been through the corporate um sponsorship programs and all that stuff through the years and, you know, really it comes down to being surrounded by good people and Hoonigan is just that. So of course I wanted to be, you know, mm-hmm. involved with them. All right. Right. Yeah, the the not a company thing seems like an apt, apt reference. I've watched Daily Transmission. I'm not convinced anybody does any actual work there. <laughs> uh, except for maybe Scotto, who never sleeps and bailed on his honeymoon to finish editing a video. But 
everyone else. Yeah, everybody else, especially well, her. I guess, well, they're gonna inv- they've invited us down there, so when we get down to Long Beach, we'll find out. That's right. We're going to do burnouts in your electric Fiat. That's correct. Yes. That's right. We're going to spray bleach on the tires, and it's going to uh, be glorious. Yeah. And we're not going to almost smoke the front end like uh, our buddy Larry did. No. Oh, I saw that. I was yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Right after he got the car back, and I, I say detailed, it's still covered in tape, but like, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so well, yeah, tell us about the competition itself for those who like didn't watch it go down as it happened like what 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 were you kind of expected to do what were sort of the how, how did it progress etc so uh the hoonigans wanted competition was basically um they took after a hundred few uh females that mm-hmm. actually submitted they narrowed it down to six uh then we were put in a fiat 124 spider and we were supposed to go road trip basically okay. we're supposed to go road trip to our next uh yes project we're supposed to complete so clearly, clearly testing one's resilience to sunburn is an important part of which, their program. Which we know from Kyle, you are not resilient to the sun. No, I'm very Celtically challenged, yes. as they say. You become Burn a, and a, peel. a little tomato. Mm-hmm. Aww. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get red like a lobster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. I'm not built for this climate, but I'm, I'm sticking it out. And you're not really built for the Fiat 124 Spider. Even really in, not, yeah. In, even though you were in a Miata at the time, but the same thing. Same. Oh, yeah. they're a little bit different. They're they're quite a bit different. But it's all in front of where the people sit that they're that they're different because it's yeah. like eight feet longer than a Miata. <laughs> and yeah. Then, yeah. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Please continue. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we ended up going on a road trip and uh, we were teamed up. So six of us, uh, groups of two. So three teams. And we had to travel out. From Honigan, the donut garage, to Bondurant in Arizona. Mm-hmm. It was quite an adventure. We had 24 hours, and we were told to take the longest, craziest route we can okay. with the most adventure without going to basically a different country. So, <laughs> I said that would be an option, though. You could. It was an option. I mean, uh, yeah. It is Hoonigan. There's not many rules. That's yeah. right. Yeah. You make rules. It's like Outback Steakhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. James, as James knows, his favorite place. It is. Great. Love a good blooming onion. That's right. Oh, so, man. So many Australian things on that menu as well. Beautiful. <laughs> I, can't ima- I can't count the number of Australian items they have on that menu. <laughs> oh, man. I love a blooming onion. Oh, who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> 2,400 calories. Oh, hit you right yeah, there. Yeah, it's and, very uh, scary. Just in the arteries. Right oh, it oh, just makes oh. you feel alive. Yeah. <laughs> the closer you are to death, James, the exactly. more alive you feel. Yep. That's right. Um, so you went, uh, so you were partnered up, who were you partnered up with then? Um, I was uh, partnered up with Michelle Abadi. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a road racing girl that has made quite a mark for herself. She's a great talent. And so it was pretty fun because that was the dirt girl. She was the street girl. And so we ended up actually jumping the Fiat 124. Excellent. We took it on a short course track and jumped it. And then like she showed me some drifting and the street stuff. And I showed her the dirt stuff. So it was quite a cool combination. Like, sure. Com- yeah. So between us two, we really had a lot of adventure. We went to uh, Vegas. Um, we went to three different states, actually, uh, on the way. So <laughs> it was it was quite a crazy experiment with the... The first little outing. Yeah. The... Did like when you arrived at Bondurant, did the car do like a Blues Brothers and just kind of fall apart as you as you pulled <laughs> up? Like after all the jumps? The Fiat 124 doesn't strike me as, as being particularly robust in the suspension department. I don't I don't think King Shocks are, are an option from the factory. Yeah, no. Uh, it actually handled the jumping quite well. Whoa. We were surprised. All right. It did make some noises pulling out of the, the short course track that day. Well, but. sure. We were like, okay, we just have to make it to Bondurant. Like, we'll take yeah. it easy on the way there. And uh, yeah, I think uh, a piece of plastic was hanging, and it like slid her tire, and we barely made it there. Nice. 
But hey, it, it makes it more of a story, right? Yeah, yeah it's an adventure. Yeah, like when we pulled up, I don't know what people thought. They were for sure kind of like, "Wait, what did you two just do with this thing?" <laughs> <laughs> and then, so what happened in the next round? Then, when you progressed through to that. So uh, after that, we were put to the test at Bondurant. You know, it's obviously a, a school. It's a place where people can go and just uh, rent a vehicle, a Fiat, and and go take it on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, so right away, no sleep, basically, and straight into the car to do some lap time. So we got to do some laps, all six of us girls, and then it came down to the drawing board to, on times. Okay. And had you done a ton of, like, grip, sort of street lapping stuff i mean coming from a dirt background that? had you had you practiced a bunch or no right I, on okay that's yeah, perfect perfect no. preparation <laughs> that's how you want to do anything in life you yeah. know if you want to go you're going to do this just don't practice that's just how we do it yeah. yeah that's exactly how we do it here it's yeah. the key to all of our success it really is especially why we're in a basement it's the car stories motto <laughs> you right. just have to go for it that's like right. you can't be prepared for everything thrown at you all the time that's right. down. yeah so no it was quite actually interesting um i have done a few time attacks before okay um, other than that, though, it was very minimal. And at the time attack, I was basically just had a car and just went there by myself and tried figuring out street. And it's so funny because I get, you know, made fun of all the time because I call it street. But yeah. I'm like, there's dirt and there's street to me. Yeah, sure. But <laughs> yeah, well, it sounds cooler than like drift and grip. Yeah, grip doesn't sound cool. No, Mm-mm. no, it doesn't. It doesn't sound cool at all. No, like you're getting grip. It's like, well, I want to see you get loose. Yeah. You know, it sounds way cooler. It does sound cool. I'm jealous already. Well, at least I mean, at least you're in like a Fiat 124, which obviously, as as our astute listeners know, is a derivation of the fantastic Indy Miata. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not the most challenging car in the world to drive. Like, it's pretty forgiving. It's, it's fun. It's a nice little car to drive. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely. I I don't know how different the suspension setup is. Like, as you're on a corner, are you still basically on your door handles because it's got so much body roll? No, actually, oh, okay. um, I kind of like that I about don't know the Miata. If- I don't know if maybe I'm used to body roll though, being in the trucks. Yeah, say so maybe your calibration's so, yeah. a little off. <laughs> but um, yeah. <laughs> it, honestly, it felt really stable. Like I could push that car almost as hard as I wanted to through a corner, okay. into a corner, um, and it was pretty stable. So yeah, definitely very easy to drive, especially coming from not being very experienced or even used to something like that. Mm-hmm. It was pretty easy transition, and um, I was actually quite surprised how well I did do. I expected myself not to do that well compared to girls who were so much more experienced in it sure so it was uh it was interesting but um i guess ended up having great lap times out of nowhere and i had no idea so hmm. that's because of the practice you did that's right, right? all the practice well i think <laughs> it is interesting though that historically speaking both in cars and in motorcycles people that have transitioned from dirt to pavement have done really really well because they're comfortable letting the car move around or the bike move around. Like I think one of the biggest um, examples of that is um, uh, I almost called him Kenny Rogers, which is Jimmy Johnson. No, no, no. Um, the motorcycle racer, flat tracker, and then went to be one of the greatest road racers in the world. Kenny Roberts. Kenny Roberts. I was oh, called Kenny yeah. Rogers, which is the gambler, which is a completely different, but also wonderful thing. On a train bound for nowhere. With Muppets. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Um, but yeah, like that, that's a, that's a good example on, 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 um, yeah, on two wheels. But it's, yeah, cause it's, it, 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 you, you learn to not be afraid of, of the car kind of doing its own thing. And I think that's really interesting. Definitely. And I think that's one of the biggest things in any form of racing is not getting in the way of the machine doing what it wants to do. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, cars 
they want to go where they want to go. And if you're fighting it, you're going to be slower. Right. So right. just let it kind of hang out a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I guess, I mean, that's the thing people always say that about like, like Porsche, for example, like if you can drive a 911 fast, it's so different than driving anything else fast. But once you figure it out, like, oh, okay, I know how to work with this. And then it becomes this incredible thing. Yeah. Same deal. Yeah. We, uh, we were down in Baja this last weekend filming another part of our uh, Fiat project with nice. me again. And, uh, a Porsche had gone off the side. Yeah, that happens <laughs> yeah. from time to time. Yeah, was, I think I heard about that one. Yeah, it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty interesting. We were just coming down the hill, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> that is through the guardrail, and the, I don't see a no, car." Just go for the quickest way down. Yeah, right. <laughs> quickest right. way, shortcut. Yeah, you know what? We don't need this road. We can just go the shortcuts. Fine, yeah. totally fine. Let me show you how we do it around Stuttgart, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> let's make a quick right here on this yeah. left-hand turn. That's right. Totally fine. Yeah. Uh, so what are, I mean, when you're not doing Hoonigan stuff, you're not in the Fiat, what are some like car or motorcycle things you enjoy doing? I mean, do you for do, fun. yeah, do you, do you still do any of that for fun or now that it's your job? Yeah, it's uh you know, I wouldn't say it's necessarily my job. I, uh, I love doing it. So mm -hmm. it's a straight up passion I have. Sure. Um, you know, I'm not making quite a living off of it yet. And so um, I have a business I own on the side. Oh, cool. Okay. But That's right. Kyle and I, we're certainly not making a living off of this. Yeah. <laughs> You're not? No, I'm certainly not. Oh, boy, I'm living. I'm As DJ Khaled would say, I'm living my best life right cool. now. Oh, nice. Yeah. See? Mm -hmm. That's, see? <laughs> That's how it works around here. Yeah. So it's like just like my passion. So any chance I get to go racing, my job can, uh, you know, let me go off whenever I want. I have two girls work for me so they could cover hey. me when I'm gone and it's nice. great. Is your is like is your business related to car stuff or is it completely different and separate? I actually um I'm an auto painter. Oh. Yeah, so I paint okay. cars. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm a touch-up paint specialist, I guess you would say. So I go to car lots and the chips and everything sure, on sure. high-end luxury car lots. Um we will mix the colors, fill them in, mm -hmm. make the car look as best as it can before it's sold to the next person. Maybe wow. that Mercedes of yours that might need a business <laughs> card after this. Oh, that poor, poor car. My poor, poor no, Mercedes. No. That, uh, that ha happens to all those. Every single one. Every single one. Every single one. Right in that spot. Yeah, every single going. 1970 Mercedes 280 SE right there. That's. Boy, yeah, that's such a deep inside joke at this point, but we've mentioned <laughs> it like 15 times throughout the history of the podcast. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, that's cool though. I mean, that 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 is, uh, you know, being able to, yeah, find a way to meet your basic financial needs, which is something that Super every handy. every racer up to, well, almost every racer up to a certain point struggles with. Either you start out really rich, or you have to find a way to make it work. But the fact that you're able to do that is really really cool. Yeah, it's great because uh, I don't have to worry about paying my mortgage. It kind of, mm -hmm. you know, the two girls when I'm not working, they're happy because. They get extra and sure. and it's like, cool, I'm taken care of and I can go and focus on my true passion for racing cars and, you know, the rest of it's kind of like I'm okay to get by and, you know, yeah. so I'm doing it for the right reasons, I guess yeah, you would say, cool. not for money. Sure. <laughs> sure. James and I are doing it just for the money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and that's great. obviously, as everyone knows, I'm not getting any. So Carl seems to be doing it mostly for the money. I'm trying to do it for the money, <laughs> but he's just taking all my money. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can't be doing that, man. No, I, I can it's all right. He's, he's got no, he's, there's no conscience there. It's totally fine. It's just normal. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah, no, definitely do not feel guilty. Yeah. No, not at all. Mm -mm. That, big, that big baby needs to get worked out. Oh, my God. There's so much so much time and money and effort. And don't know, guys, here's the thing. Let me get real with you for a second, listeners. You might think it'd be cool to own a classic car and drive it every day in a beautiful city like Los Angeles. And sure, it gives you street cred and, you know, a general sense of happiness, but... Unless you're already independently wealthy, don't do it. 
<laughs> just don't do it. Old stuff breaks. <laughs> a lot, as it turns out. Yeah. Yeah. And when it's German, it costs like 75,000 times more. Yeah. So, yeah. There's, there's, there's your practical car stories advice for the day. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that opportunity. Uh, but yeah, getting, getting back to the topic at hand. Um, yeah, when you're not, when you're not, uh, working and you're not racing, what, what other kind of, uh, automotive motorcycle stuff do you get up to? Um, so I'm a stunt woman as well. So I'm part of the SAG, uh, fun. Yeah. The SAG, uh, union. And, um, yeah. So whenever I, I get a phone call to do stunts, it's, which, I, which is some of the stuff you've worked on then? Uh, mainly a lot of commercials nationwide, um, a few movies, but, um, yeah, a lot of commercials, which is, you know, that's ideal for me since it's sure. little time yeah, and yeah. Um, a lot of, you know, residuals from that. So it's a great gig. I love it. I absolutely love it. So anything motorcycle or driving basically is what I take jobs for for stunt. Nice. What are some of the movies that you worked on, if you can say? Yeah, that's the hardest thing is that I don't know when I'm allowed to say and when I'm not. They have you pretty much on a tight leash. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say I doubled for Lady Gaga and Danica Patrick. Excellent and excellent. Yep. So those are two really cool things that came out of it. Um, Which is funny because you look say. nothing like Lady Gaga. Right. Is, is Danica Patrick very short? Yeah. Yes. I didn't know that. I always assumed she was a tall lady. No. no she's very short. She's tiny. Well, yeah, good for her. That's small. that's an advantage right built right in. I know. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's itty bitty. Yeah, real okay. small. Yeah, but uh, I will say it is funny that you know a professional race car driver needs someone to do some professional race car I driving know. for them. It's comedic in itself, a little bit. It was uh, it was actually pretty funny because it was for a motorcycle. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that makes sense then. Yeah, so I totally understand. They probably don't want her getting hurt. Yeah, or... she's probably got a bit of an insurance clause on that as well. I think. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which would be kind of expensive. Yeah, and I actually had to ride a Steven Tyler on the back of the motorcycle. So nice. it was quite it was quite interesting. <laughs> that, Hopefully, he was wearing his socks and tavers. Yeah, that's a that's <laughs> a lot of uh, to take in right now. Yeah, I'm really just struggling with that one. <laughs> Sarah is Danica with uh, Stephen on the back. Yeah, riding off into the. That's a, that's. I mean, that's the, an onion. There's a lot of layers there. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a lot to, to work through. Um, oh. that's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, that's that's interesting too because that's another thing we we've interviewed a few like drift people and a lot of them will do like stunt work and, and car stuff for commercials you yeah. know when they're not racing too that's that's interesting and it's cool that that's a thing that you guys are, are able to do that people are recognizing that that's yeah. a, a pool of talent to draw from for that it's cool because like in racing you honestly have to be creative mm-hmm. you you aren't sure. just a racer and sure. that's what you know i think some people don't understand and you know aren't familiar with it but you got to be all these different Things. And you got to hustle. Yeah, you got to not just on the track. No, all the dirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the track, you got to figure out. You know, usually a business. Mm-hmm. You're a stunt person. You're doing this with sponsors, appearances. Like it's sure. a lot. And uh, which yeah. is what, which is why it was so difficult to get you down and pin you down to get you to come out here for the museum for the Car Stories podcast. <laughs> it's true. It was it was a bit of a again. We also have to hustle, but only because. We we don't go anywhere ever. I'm just looking for the crumbs, whereas Kyle's <laughs> just got everything else. That's right. No, no, it's great. I'm glad to see that you're you're taking advantage of uh, sound sage advice of Wu Tang Financial and yeah. uh, diversifying your bonds. <laughs> Definitely. And protecting your neck. I hope yeah. also that's important to do. Definitely. Yes, yeah. it is. Bonds, device, donut, whatever. Um. So you're in now. So now you're you're doing some trophy truck racing now, right? I am. I'm in a trophy truck as well. Um. This was my first year in a trophy truck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I had raced Stadium Super Trucks, which is a street truck series. Yeah. We follow IndyCar. It's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. So many jumps. So I last, love good jump. 
yeah, there's big old jumps in that. It's pretty interesting. But last year, that's why um, I was the first female in that series and did really well in it. Um, and then this year got into a trophy truck. So mm-hmm. it's been quite an adventure with the trucks. And I absolutely have to say they own a big part of my heart in the off-road right now. I yeah. can see why. Yep. That seems like it would be very fun. Lots of fun. Yeah. Maybe not like doing the Baja because that's that's too much, I think, for me. I'm a gentle soul. But like a shorter, like a short course or something. I, I do the Baja, but I just want to do it like over a month. <laughs> yeah. There I we go. Do it and be like, you know what? Let's just take, let's go for lunch. Let's yeah. go for a break. Right. We should go pull in. Sorry, just get out. Take the helmet Get a off. taco. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Shake all the dust off. Yeah, get my horchata. There you <laughs> go. There we go. There we go. Yeah, so, like, is it... uh what, use the bathroom, I should say, as well. Probably yeah. the most important one. That's important, yeah. You don't want to be like the, was it the F1 guys and the indie guys, the Le Mans guys. They just pee in their seats. Oh, yeah. There's that, too, I That's think. not cool. Nobody it wants happens. to deal with it. It does. Yep. Just do it in someone else's seat. That's right, yeah. see? Well, there. that's the thing. Like, when you're racing the truck, you've got to most likely change drivers, and so the other person gets in that seat. <laughs> yeah. That's not great. I'll start. You can finish. It's fine with me. <laughs> yeah. Flipping a coin. That's, that's how a, we do everything now, Kyle. I'll start. Im- you can finish. That's an important coin toss. So just get in with a trash bag on. You're there, fine. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> just have like a trash bag poncho. Like, <laughs> good. Good to go here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like what, uh, obviously like, you know, the a trophy truck is going to be a lot bigger and more powerful than a UTV or um, stadium super truck. Uh, what are some of the the challenges of transitioning from from those other vehicles into something so much bigger, more powerful, and presumably quite a bit heavier? Um, you know, honestly, like that's one of the greatest things that um I think motocross has built for me is my adapting to things. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I adapt pretty fast and well to things, just like the Hoonigan Wanna Challenge, going into the streetcar and kind of figuring it out. I think I'm a thinker, mm-hmm. and I I figure out how to. To just, you know, go about things smooth and as fast as I can. But with the truck, um, yeah, the, the stadium trucks, they're light. They're little. They You might think they're big, but you see them in person, they're pretty small. Mm-hmm. And those have LS3s in them, so mm-hmm. it has quite a bit of power. Sure. Uh, so those, you get a lot of grip, though. You're on streets, so it is way different. You're, mm-hmm. like, using the turning brake to keep it on its edge. Yeah. But in the trophy truck, to turn that thing, you use its body roll, you use its weight, and you got to almost drift it each way just to sure. get it to turn and i don't have a turning brake in the truck that i've been driving okay um i'm driving the rpm off-road geyser built trophy truck okay. um it was an lt4 engine with the supercharger they had originally put on this car this truck <laughs> and now it's, which lt4 that's the uh, z06 motor basically i believe so yeah yeah okay so not sure. much power there not hardly at all any no. hardly any yeah sure and then they put a supercharger on it just to make it probably even less powerful right yeah that point. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so the first race was when it was that package in mm-hmm. that truck and we got second okay. our first ever race in the trophy truck it was amazing it was in the best of the desert series which they actually call it trick truck mm-hmm. okay. there's different organizations um but yeah it was it was phenomenal and i think we caught in really fast and it's about being smooth and not making mistakes obviously because you know Flat tires are right around the corner and those things almost sure. every race. But uh, then we, the truck got transformed back into what it was originally built for, the chassis, which is a 6100. Okay. And that is a trophy truck spec. So basically, it's a teeny bit littler than the unlimited trucks. Um, width-wise, length-wise, you use 37s instead of 39s or 40s on, okay. on the tires. And it's a LS3 crate engine. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit less power, 
but you have everything else that the trophy truck does. Sure. But the thing about that class is it's spec, so it's more of a driver's class. Sure. It's amazing, and uh, I'm pumped to be in the 6100 class because, you know, it really, I get to see where I get to stack up. Yeah, spec classes are really interesting like that. They're really phenomenal. What are some other kind of uh, uh, series or, or sports or whatever that you want to try out that you haven't done yet? I mean, would you be into like Ultra yeah. 4 or something? Like King of the Hammers? I've stuff done like King of the Hammers. Oh, man. Twice. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah it was that, amazing. James and I are a little obsessed with King of the Hammers. You guys going to come out this year? Maybe. We'd like to. I don't know if there's enough sunscreen in the world. Uh, we'd have to put Kyle in a bubble, but I could push him around. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds yeah. like a good plan. It's like yeah. a little yeah. hamster in a ball, and it'd be totally fine. We'd just, just you know, put the old uh, thing on there, protect it from the UV rays, and be good to go. Yeah. There you go. There just go. have Tint. an umbrella like a hat, you yeah. know? So and that co- visor, you could put the visor down over your face. Oh, I like golden. <laughs> I like. I would actually wear one of those the 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 like the the Werner Herzog walking into the volcano uh, suits, like the big um like I don't want you the lava suits that you get one of those golden. There That'd you go. Fine. No yeah. problem. So, I mean, so we've had we've spoken to people that run King of the Hammers like that Lauren come Healy. Lauren Healy, who comes from a rock crawling background, uh-huh. and then has kind of had to adapt to the desert running thing. What's it like coming from uh, like a like a desert racing off road background and having to, to figure out the rock crawling stuff? So the rock crawling to me, it was we did it in a UTV, a Kawasaki Terex. Mm-hmm. So uh, the Kawasaki Terex isn't really fast on top speed, but it climbs better than any UTV. And the first year we did King of the Hammers, the year before, only seven UTVs finished out of, I want to say, 40-something. Okay. So that okay. just shows how uh, yeah, tough challenging. it is. Yeah, pretty brutal. Yeah. So um, we ended up only making it to mile 78. We mm-hmm. started 20th. And out of the desert section where we don't have top speed, we got up to 12th somehow. Okay. And then it, we got into fifth in the wow. rocks. Okay. So we really climbed our way through the rocks, but then we made the wrong turn and got ourselves in a really bad situation, just stuck in beating up the car and mm-hmm. it basically took us out half well, more than halfway through the race but it was a uh, great learning the rock crawling it is so much fun because yeah. it's technical you look at a rock where usually in desert racing you avoid rocks you yeah. don't want to be mm-hmm. touching rocks that's not ideal no at 100 miles an hour like <laughs> maybe you don't want to wanna, don't no. want to climb that boulder no. yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. but in uh, rock crawling you're looking at those rocks to get clearance over other rocks Sure. So you're really calculating your way up through a really big mountain or canyon and using rocks to get height where you might have eight feet sometimes underneath your vehicle, but you have one wheel on a rock and the other wheel on a rock. And so you're kind of like, well, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm on something. But it, it was a it was a really cool thing to learn. And uh, I love it. I still I have a special place in my heart for King of the Hammers and mm-hmm. I want to go back. Would you try it in, in like a something bigger, like like one of the Ultra 4 buggies or would you or is that? Like, what is that something you would want to do? Because that that seems terrifying to me. I would love to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's good. So that's just that's just me then. I just want to ride shotgun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll race and, and drive anything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's we lack that dedication. We do. That means we don't have to do it because we're <laughs> we're absolutely unskilled, incredibly unskilled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, I also want to ask about the hill climb stuff you did as a result of winning the Hooning and One yes. as well. Oh yeah. Oh man, that was a whole different experience. I've that was. I have to say one of the gnarliest things I have done. Uh, a hill climb on street tarmac was really quite crazy because the consequences are very high. If you mm-hmm. make a mistake, you're off a ledge that possibly is thousands of feet high. Yeah. Or you just want to get down quickly to the bottom of the mountain. Yeah, yeah. Just as an alternative. Sure. Which I realized that a lot of people do crash on hill climbs, and I mm-hmm. was quite blown away by that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's an interesting sport. Yeah, so uh, the first time I did the hill climb, it was at Mount Washington with Hoonigan in the Fiat 124 rally car. Just start you off easy. Yeah. Yeah, not like there's anything like winds Mm-mm. to contend with. or anything Weather. Like nothing. Yeah, they say it's like the most grueling peak there is in mm. the United States. That's where North Face like tests their tents and everything because it ices over and mm-hmm. it's just crazy up there. You yeah. can't see anything. No. Well, why would you need to do that? You're only going fast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're only trying to go fast up this mountain, and then you're like, "Oh wow, I can't see what's in front of me." Yeah. <laughs> is that is that the side of the hill, or is that where I'm going to go off and yeah. die? <laughs> do, do they give you pace notes for that, or do you like run the like run the course a few times, practice a whole bunch, or a whole bunch? Yeah, okay. a whole bunch. Yeah. So, in all the racing I've done, I have a co-driver, sure, but I've never gone off her rally notes. Okay. So it's more or less, you know, very loose off-road notes, and uh, and off-road we we kind of just wing it a lot of the time. Sure. Well, sure. I mean, that's because the only way Kyle let me get in his car is if I do everything in rally notes. That's the that <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, just driving driving to get coffee is you know. it's, it's an interesting left flat, four. flat, 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 crest, crest, Ooh. left four, right, right, right two, two. Yeah. open titans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, so uh, it was quite interesting. I went up the mountain as many times as I possibly could to memorize it because it was like the first time up, I was like, wow, okay, so you mean I'm going to be going 80 to 100 miles an hour and that that will kill me, yeah. like that drop is insane so yeah at top like usually you take off the starting line and your nerves go away mm-hmm. well that's not the case there on that mountain your body's still like in it's a, survival mode sure so the heart rate's still elevated possibly definitely yeah. but it turned out amazing i picked up seconds every time out it was a uh, quite a intense thing to be put in my first time in a rally car yeah that's <laughs> that's uh, a bold move on the part of hoonigan that's uh, <laughs> that's nuts. Like, what about well, like Pikes Peak? Would you has there been talk of you doing that, or would you? Oh, I would love to. Um, I don't know if we have any plans in the making for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did just get back from uh, uh, Baja, where mm-hmm. we did a very long hill climb. It was about twenty miles. Wow. Yeah. So for hill climb, Mount Washington was I think six to eight, mm-hmm. uh, maybe seven. I'll just go in the middle there. Sure. But we're not going to argue with you. We're yeah. going to completely agree with you and nod our heads and go, yes, that's yeah. totally right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, Kyle and I have never been caught in a lie on this podcast. Not even one time. Not one time. That's very good. Yeah. No, yeah. we're really good at being completely dishonest at about everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what you have to be. Sometimes you have to be like, do you know that that's the truth? Yeah. We're, do you know? We're media professionals. We are. We tell everyone, look, from the outset, 75% is probably made up and maybe the other half is too. Yeah, <laughs> you just don't know these things. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, climbing that hill was was pretty intense. And and this time, last time at Mount Washington, we had some uh, some issues get in our way to where we couldn't finish it. But I do know at Mount Washington, when we passed the halfway speed trap, the previous record was at ninety eight miles an hour. They mm-hmm. went through the speed trap, and I was at ninety seven. Nice. So I know I was at a good pace, and that made me feel good because I didn't get to see like a total time uh, sure. going from the bottom to the top. But um, in Mexico, we were ready, and that time I actually had my co-driver that sits with me in off-road racing and King of the Hammers and everything I do. Mm-hmm. Erica Sachs, she has been learning rally the last two years thanks to Chrissy Beavis has been kind of her mentor, and she's awesome. one of the top navigators. Yeah. Um, and so she did rally notes for me and I had to learn rally notes this, uh, Baja hill climb. We well, just did. That's good. 
Yeah. So yeah. it wasn't like you had to make it any more difficult for yourself. <laughs> no. It's just pushing the curve a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah, Hoonigan was like, oh, yeah, so you've, you've had plenty of time. You did this hill climb in this rally car. You're, you're a pro you're now. Totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so now you got to, we're going to teach you rally notes this time up. Yeah. This 20 uh, mile hill climb. How hard can it be? Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> yeah, I can't. We talked about this um, uh, with. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Millen. Millen, yeah, I don't understand how anybody does co-driving for anybody. It's because, unbelievable. Yeah, I'm not that nervous of a passenger, generally speaking. Like, but that I would not do. I would not do that. Like anybody that would even consider doing it should probably be committed because that's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's so scary. I have no idea how Erica does it, and like all the time, I have people asking me like, "Hey, do you want to co-drive for me?" And I'm like, "I am a horrible co-driver." I was like, "But I'll, <laughs> I'll like put you in contact with Erica. Yeah. I yeah. know she will." Give me, <laughs> you could do the tunes on the stereo, and that's probably about it. All the old, uh, yeah, you give me the old Randy Jackson. That's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, at least I'm honest. I I suck at co-driving. Straight up front. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, do you do you have any like? Let's talk about kind of your your personal cars. What's what? What do you do? You have anything interesting that you you like driving, or anything that you keep in the garage that's cool? Or? Um, you know, I have a Toyota Tundra okay. currently, and that's my everyday driver. I need something that can kind of do everything that I do. Sure. But I have a side by side, a okay. Polaris Razor, still in my garage. Um, it's all done up and all this fun stuff. So whenever I have the urge to go out and just jump something really quick for morning before coffee, that's what I do. Black mm-hmm. like Kyle. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, my dirt bikes. Okay, of course. How many dirt bikes have you got then? I got three right now, which, okay. yeah, it's definitely, you know, three's enough for me now, but back in the day, like, oh my gosh, there was like sure. nine at a time. Well, you gotta, you gotta like, have a, oh, you gotta rotate everything in and out. Exactly. Stuff breaks. Yep. You know. And they get worn out. Exactly. So we have three bikes, basically, we'd rotate. Yeah. One would be a race bike, and then it would go to a practice bike, and then it'd sell. Mm-hmm. Race bike, practice bike, sell. So same thing. You just rotate them and kind of get rid of them instead of having to rebuild everything so many times. For sure. And are those two strokes or four strokes? Four strokes. Okay. So I have a 250F currently and then also a 450F. And then okay. I have a, a pit bike. A, actually, I have four bikes. Nice. I have another 250F and then a pit bike. <laughs> nice. We're trying to get James on a on a, on a motorcycle, but his uh, his lady won't let him. Aww. But she she has shown some... some... She said that, James, if we buy... Yeah land so it needs to be at least more than a thousand hectares which is not obviously that big i think it's probably less than 1100 hectares obviously but uh, this, this is america said, there's so much room yeah wait what is what is heck what are you talking about it's Ten thousand acres okay <laughs> i was like <laughs> i think from memory she always wants wrong. to start a cattle ranch she does so she said if we buy a cattle ranch in the near future then you can have a motorbike that you can ride only on the property oh well you just build a track there exactly <laughs> well, this I'll come build a track for you. Oh, fantastic. Excellent. Yeah. Race. Yeah, just ride the equipment and we'll just go to town. I'll bring my dirt bikes out. We'll no just problem. ride, build big jumps. And you could teach the wife that yes. it's not that bad. Yeah. Yay. We'll have James doing heel clickers before uh, before he knows it. There you go. That's all I want to do. All mm-hmm. I want to do in life. It, it honestly, you don't have to push it when you ride a motorcycle. You know, uh, I say it's not if, it's when, and it is true. You're going to crash and most likely get a little hurt. At some point. No, I crash no matter anything I do as I'll crash. It's <laughs> true. That's, uh, my, my wife won't let me on. She, I've got strict regulations on when I can and cannot ride my BMX. That is awesome. Because I crash so much on it. Yeah, just but just just for your paper route, no no riding for yeah, funsies. I mean, generally when I'm on the <laughs> if I've got the BMX, it's all working and I'm feeling limber enough to, mm-hmm. um, I come back as a at least one 
loss of skin on some part of my body, usually an elbow or a knee, mostly, yeah. or a shin. Shin's a good one, especially when the, the oh, yeah. pedals hit. Oh. Oh, yeah, the pedals are. Oh, That's pain. a horrible feeling. No bueno. Just yeah. like a gouge. Yeah. But and I also wanted to find out, because obviously you come from, I'd suggest maybe a racing family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Is there any competition still between, say, you and your brother and your father in anything? Uh, you know, it's so funny. So uh, I've kind of gone the extra mile in racing endeavors. So I, um, I'm a little bit more busy with it where my brother has a family now and he's yeah. kind of more tame. Part-timer. And, Sold out. Yeah. Working for the man. Yeah. But oh. my dad, he bought a side-by-side when I was probably like two or three years into racing him. And he wanted a race against me. Uh, Ooh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, a local race actually that's coming up. I'm I'm actually putting some money up for the local females out there who want to race UTVs. They have a chance of getting some money for it for racing. Sure. So. But he uh, he bought a brand new car UTV. Yeah. And just decided, okay, I'm going to make whatever I can just to make it legal enough to race against uh, me and my brother. My yep. brother had another side by side he was racing. So we take off. My dad absolutely did not want me beating him. I think we're still in the first lap. Okay. And i right behind him, and I go to pass him on the left, and then he comes in on me, and he's like, you're not going to pass me. Just like, shuts no the door. way. Just shuts the door hard. Rub, rubbing his racing? Is this where we're going Rubbing his racing. Like, definitely rubbing his racing. And we're pretty aggressive racers. Like, sure. when I got into side-by-sides, I realized really fast that aggression isn't very liked. So I had to like tame it off and just be like, okay, I'll just get faster and figure out a better way around you. But my dad <laughs> rolled it three times. <laughs> Brand new car. Nice. Like no miles on it. Brand new. First adventure ever in it. And so did uh, did he decide that maybe he should not go for his second race then? Or? <laughs> he hasn't raced since. <laughs> <laughs> he's, still, he's still paying off that hole in his pocket, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. good old Gare Bear. Oh little, man, little little tensor on the Thanksgiving table. I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was laughing. I oh, like okay. pulled off the track, and he was already back in the pits, and he had a beer cracked open. And he was like, <laughs> "Oh yeah." He goes, "I don't want you beating me." And I was like, "He's laughing." Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna fail, fail spectacularly, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. his like shock was totally like a ninety degree bend in it. <laughs> like I was like, "Oh my gosh, you old." To be honest, I think that's probably a fact under factory warranty, surely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, why, you have like 10 miles on it. By roll, you mean like not rolling and it would just straight a down the street. A tree fell on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I kind of wanted to cover a little bit, but I don't want to like labor over, is obviously the women in motorsports thing, which is it's important to talk about because there aren't enough ladies in motorsports. Agreed. I think. Um, but obviously you're out there, you're doing it, you're super competitive, you're winning and, and, and you're, you're very, thanks to Hoonigan too, you're, you're very visible. Like, what's your take? Like how, how, what, how do you think you should go about or people should go about getting more like young girls and, and women interested in, in racing because. And motorsports in general. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's something that we need more of, I think. Definitely. And I think, you know, today, like even this last year, there's been so many females that have come out of nowhere that are making something for themselves. And it's so great to see in every form of motorsports. Mm -hmm. And one thing is, you know, a lot of people use the handicap like, oh, I'm a girl or hey, like, you know, it's a everything girl team or whatever. 
And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think um, you have to respect yourself as a racer. When you mm-hmm. put that helmet on, it doesn't sure. matter who you are. Sure. You're a racer. The yeah. red mist doesn't have a gender. No, it descends. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then battle commences. <laughs> Rubbing Actually, we're going to have to make t-shirts, Car Stories t-shirts. Red mist doesn't have a gender. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm down for it. <laughs> but I think it's important, you know, to go out there and have the confidence in yourself as a racer, racing against any gender. Um, that's the one great thing about cars. I would have to argue a little bit in motorcycles, but in cars, you're completely equal. Mm-hmm. There is no reason why a male or female is faster than the other gender. Uh, in motorcycles, a little bit different because the women are going to be faster because you're so much smaller. Yeah, right. generally speaking. In the cars. Yeah. Yeah, you have lighter weight, so sure. it, it almost is maybe better. Mm-hmm. So that's a cool thing to put in a. There you go. I wouldn't necessarily. <laughs> you say start that. out as a ringer. Don't worry about it. Like you're already <laughs> got in there first place. The guaranteed. Unfa- yeah. They call that the unfair advantage. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm for. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, but even in off-road, there's some really tiny people out there. Some guys that are way littler than me. Like Alan Prost, for example. Too small to be a horse jockey. Yep. Wow, what? (laughs) Horse jockeys, they're they're, They're they're notoriously tiny men. Too small, though, to be a horse jockey? Well, that was just a a joke. Oh, I was like, man. Yeah, that'd be be great. Right? Yeah, that'd be, you really have to get into racing then, because... Yeah, the power to wait. Amazing. It's about all that. I like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, so like, how how would like what's a good way for somebody if, for example, our somewhat limited female listenership, regrettably, which is our wives and our moms. Yeah, we we're, we're working on it. You we're know, growing it. We're growing that. We're segment. trying. We're nice. trying. How would if 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 in you know uh, a, a young woman found our podcast by accident? And found and decided, hey, this sounds great. I want to go race a UTV. Like, how do they? How would somebody go about doing that? Like, what what does it take to get? Like, what, I mean, what kind of like licensing requirements are there? Because to go out and do like an SCCA race is mm-hmm. there's a lot that yeah. you got to go do. Um, wh- how would they get started with that? And off road, there is no requirements. Yeah, excellent. you can sign up for the pro class without even racing before. That sounds like a great yeah. idea. Yep. To Kyle, I'm putting you forward <laughs> for it next week. I know what you're getting me for crazy. Yes. Yeah. as they say. Uh, That's down right. Under. Yeah, so it's 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 quite easy to get into. Uh, UTV racing is a great, you know, first thing to get your hands and feet wet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's affordable. It's really cool because you can go out and purchase a UTV and make a two to three hundred dollar payment a month, and basically there you go. We're and going racing. And if a tree falls in it, you still just have to make that two to three hundred dollar payment a month. Right? So it's not yeah. that bad. <laughs> just a tree falling. Wink. Yeah. Wink. Yeah. But you do have to put aside some maintenance money because oh. sure. sometimes you know, almost all the time, every race something needs to be done yeah. on oh, a UTV. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But. You know, the good thing is, is that it's OEM. You can get them almost anywhere. They're pretty decently priced and they're easy to work on. Okay. So honestly, just asking advice, like getting in it and just start doing it is the biggest thing and not being intimidated. People at the the races have been very kind to me uh, growing up through the the ranks. Mm -hmm. The only headache I've ever had in racing where people disliked a female being there was when I was probably eight. And okay. so the dads didn't want their sons to be beat by a girl. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. was, well, yeah. you know. Yeah. And the kids were like, but dad, she's fast. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, that's at the end of the day. You lose for a reason because you're not that fast. She sucks. That's right. <laughs> Maybe you should have had a faster kid. Yeah. That's Don't right. complain. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Yeah. You should have fed him, uh, you know, fuel Wheaties. for 
for breakfast. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, so that was uh, honestly, everyone's very supportive of having females out there on the track. Yeah. Uh, you're not a target. And definitely. Unless your father is racing against you, then you might be a target. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. Definitely. Your yeah. dad might consider you a target. <laughs> if, if, if Sarah's dad is out on the race, then you are specifically will be a target. Yeah. yeah. If you're yeah. Sarah. Specifically if Sarah's you're dad. Sarah, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Who can say? In the future, if he comes back to the track. <laughs> I, I tried the other day. I was like, you should race the Austin Grand Prix. Come on. And he like, I ain't racing my car. My car is all nice right now. And I'm like, I understand. Oh. But yeah, no, having females out there is great and they're so supportive. Like I have a whole group of girls, almost all the girls in UTV racing are mm-hmm. my bestest friends. That's nice. awesome. So it's quite actually amazing because people use us as an example, even from the male perspective. Like I wish that we can get together and kind of support each other like the girls are doing. Sure. Like you have all these girls, you have you know, that are supporting each other, getting each other to go up to the next level. And yet the men are still kind of like, well, this is me and this is mine. But I sure. think they're opening up a little bit more and, uh, you know, seeing that it's beneficial. Yeah. Right on. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Because you and I'd like to go and check out a UTV race. Yes. Are you? Which one? Any. Any of them. It's well, an... come on out. We might, we might have to. Don't threaten us with a good time. Come yeah. out to the Thousand Grand Prix. That's the next big one. When? Uh, it's going to be November 10th, 11th, I believe. Okay. I think that uh, might be doable. The week after SEMA. Yeah. Yeah, it is. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Kyle's excited. Yeah. Are you guys going to SEMA? I hope yes. not. Yeah? yeah? I'll be there. I'll be, James loves SEMA so I love much. It. It's his favorite. Yeah. Favorite week of the year. Do you just he... walk a lot? Yeah. 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 Got to get his steps in. And yep. I'm staying so close to the convention center that I can walk to the convention center. That's really nice. Yeah. So I don't even have to do parking this year. Wonderful. Yeah, or taxi. Yeah, it's or do you have so much equipment you can't taxi? No, I don't have any equipment. No, <laughs> we're professionals. Yeah, last, last, last year we spent the entire show in a Winnebago on the second floor, and we just like hung out and recorded podcasts in a Winnebago. It was glorious. That's great. It was the best possible SEMA experience. And I was, was still miserable, a but tiki Winnebago with a thousand horsepower. But that's neither here nor there. What? Yeah, the the Ring Brothers. This is awesome. Yeah. I need good. to see this Winnebago. Yeah. Yeah, everybody should. It's a beautiful thing. Might be there again this year. It'd be a shame if it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, well, we'll have to make it out to that race because I'm very interested. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe I'll give you a little lap around in uh, (sighs) my UTV. That sounds mildly terrifying, and I'm interested in it. (laughs) Yes. So if people want to go and find you on the internet and they want to see what you're up to, what you're driving, et cetera, et cetera, where would they go to do that? So on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's at Sarah Price MX. Okay. And uh, you can find anything I'm up to. I update it daily, and I'm pretty good on social media. Perfect. So um, then my website, SarahPriceMX.com. All right. But yeah, so those are my handles. And then so aside from this race you got going on after SEMA, what else have you got anything happening for the rest of the year that you can talk about? Um, so as of right now, um, the trophy truck team, RPM off road, they are talking about possibly doing the next two races, uh, best in the desert. Okay. So that will be Tonopah and Pahrump. Okay. Um, those are 250 mile races, so not too long. Um, and then the Baja 1000, I won't be racing it this year, most likely, but I will be down there supporting and, uh, pre-running it. So. Okay. That sounds, yeah. pre-running sounds like much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Seems no. much more enjoyable. Yeah. And I've done a lot of pre-running in Baja. Like I know Baja pretty well, but I want to race it. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I could see that. 
I think pre-running is about as much as I could, I, I, you know, I could stand. Whereas I think a two-week drive on a vacation is also yeah. a good one to do. Yeah. With my horchata and tacos. There you go. And bathroom <laughs> breaks. Yeah. Yeah, the coast is beautiful down there too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah we'll just stop. I just do wanna, a quick, just a quick two week long break in the middle, stopping like Rosarito or whatever. Yeah. I, yeah. Just, I just want to just try and avoid the booby traps that someone might set for me. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, they're it's not as bad as you hear. It's it's pretty awesome down there, and then the Mexican culture, like they're so supportive. Like it is really cool. You pass the border, and like even with the Hoonigan uh, project we just got finished with down there. We went across the border and seriously, the trophy truck team's shirt yeah. someone was wearing right when we passed. And I was like, no way. I have to take a picture with That's this awesome. guy. But like just shows how sure. pumped they are to have everyone down there racing. No, I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I know that there's talk of the booby traps and whatnot, but I always think it's like a Tom and Jerry kind of scenario where they'd be hopefully humorous. It's just like here in the States, though. Exactly. Like people think like, oh, well, you have, you know, gangs and <laughs> all that stuff. And it's like, well, if you go to those areas, like. We're smart enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. it's everywhere. Yeah, it is. James, where can people find you and your fine work? People can find me on Facebook and Instagram at no breaking n o b r a k i n g. But Kyle, where can they find you and your cats? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, it's a fair question, and I'm here to answer it. Uh, it's Kyle J Hyatt on Instagram. That's spelled like the hotel. No relation, unfortunately. It's a shame. I know. That is sad. Yeah. I've been posting some real heat rocks lately, so uh, I know it's been real getting out there. It's been blowing up. It's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it is fierce right yeah. now. But come. all my 180 followers are really getting the goods. And so, but it used to be like 56. I remember when you started. God, I know those were the days. That was the days. It was just a very personal. Just account. screaming into the void. Yeah. Now, nope. now you've got those fans. I know it, it's a bur- fame is a burden. It is. But more importantly, where can they find this museum? Oh. Uh, well, there's so many places that you could find it. In person, where would they find it? 6060 Wilshire Boulevard, oh. the corner of Wilshire and Fairfax in beautiful Los Angeles, California. And if they didn't decide city in the to world. buy their tickets here in person, where could they purchase their tickets online? Peterson.org. That's Peterson with three E's. If you put an O in there, anywhere, you're doing it wrong. And then what about trying to find us on the old Instagrams, the old Twitter, and the old Facebooks? Uh, Facebook and Instagram is the same. It's Peterson Museum. And on Twitter, because somebody is terrible at their job, it's Peterson underscore museum. They really... That's why they're no longer here. That's right. We had them shot. Yeah. (laughs) And buried underneath the car park. That's right. Uh, 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 Was it Jimmy Hoffa style? Jack Jack Ruby style or whatever? Jimmy Hoffa style. Jimmy Hoffa. There it is. I can never remember which is which. Hoffa Hoffa killed Oswald. Ruby had Hoffa killed, supposedly. Is that how that went? No. You got it all wrong. Let's just leave that for another day. Let's leave that for our conspiracy. We'll get into episode. that later. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, anyway, but yeah, definitely, definitely check out uh, the Peterson um, if you're in LA or if you're interested in cool stuff. James, uh, he he does all the social media for the museum and he kills it. He, Driving with Dana, Mechanic Monday. That's it's right. quite incredible here. Honestly, I was pulling up and I was like, "Whoa, this is where I'm going right now." I know. This and now you get the tour, so you get to hang out with us for longer, and you get. the Obviously, we get to play the game with all our guests, is which do we tell is truth and which is false. Oh, there you go. True or false. Most Most of it is false. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, no, definitely come by. And then uh, also, we would really appreciate it if you would uh, throw us a like like or a a positive review. review. Don't take negative reviews. It's only positive reviews. Yeah, that's right. No bad reviews. Yeah. And if you've got any questions or if you've got any thoughts on upcoming guests or anything like that, let us know on Facebook. Yeah, please do. It's uh, where we we love to hear uh, your suggestions. Uh, except for the ones that request more James. We're trying. We try. I like those ones. <laughs> I just hope the person that pays sees those 
ones. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks, guys. And uh, we'll be back at you next Tuesday when our guest will be a different human being. Yeah, <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.